Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. If you're anything like me, you feel like you're waking up in a very different world today than a week ago or two weeks ago. There's no doubt about it. We're living in very strange times. I think for some of us, this absolutely feels like a health crisis, especially if we're a part of a a more vulnerable population that really needs to stay away from anybody who's even been exposed the coronavirus. So I I get that fear, that anxiety. And then there's a whole nother side of the population, which is a lot of people like me, who kind of feel like we're in the midst of an economic crisis. I mean, if you're a small business owner, I mean, you're basically screwed. You know, like this is an absolute mountain to climb where many of us were, you know, projecting growth and excited about all the opportunity that 2020 was going to hold. Everything has been stalled out. In my case, every event for the next three months has been obliterated, canceled. You know, that's people I'll never meet. Patrons will never inspire. Income will never see. Like that's real stuff for so many people out there and especially artists. So imagine the effect that this has on artists who depend almost exclusively on making their money playing shows. So we are living in in a difficult moment for so many people. There's such a need for prayer. There's such a need for belonging. And I think more than ever, I can see the need for love good and the power that beauty has to bring us together, to give us a, a sense of hope, to really pierce through all of this anxiety and all of this isolation. So I am really excited more than ever to introduce to you the guest that I'm gonna have on in just a few moments. His name is Scott Mulvihill. He's a love good favorite. All right. Scott has been a part of love good. I don't know, four or five years now. He's, he's been a patron for almost as long, but an artist as well that we've had the privilege of rallying behind so many different times. In fact, all of our patrons right now are at home enjoying a beautiful little EP from Scott. That's a bit of a love good exclusive. The only other way you could get your hands on this right now is if you went out and saw them live, which nobody's doing because nobody is playing shows right now. No sports leagues are even out there right now. We, I mean, we're obviously just in this moment of real isolation. And so, you know, gathering around a podcast, gathering around, you know, live streams, these kinds of things become increasingly important right now. So I'm really excited because Scott and I had this conversation long before the coronavirus took over the news cycle, took over our lives, took over our imagination, right? So I hope that in some way gives you a reminder of normalcy a reminder that, you know, one day this too shall pass and uh, life will go back. Maybe not to how it once was. Maybe it's best that it, it returns to uh, an even more deep and, and beautiful place, which is a life really of simplicity, a, a life of, of intentionality and, and beauty and all the things that I'm certainly being reminded of in the midst of this shutdown 
meltdown, whatever you want to call it. Like we're, we're kind of all feeling this. I'm just really excited to sit down with Scott and to be reminded of even, you know, even though this was weeks ago, this conversation we had about new music from Scott that he's been working on now for months and just a lot of exciting things happening in his life. I know it'll give you a lot of hope as it certainly does me. So I'll be back here in just a few moments with Scott Mulvihill. Behold the crescent waves The Savior's on His way The Lord is coming Coming, coming Hurry, hurry Bring us to the promised land Glory Jumping in with Scott Mulvihill in the Love Good Studio. How you doing, Scott? Man, that's there's a long answer and a short answer. The short answer is really well recharged, but the long answer is like what I'm recharged from yeah. as well. So you know, maybe we get it. That's the, all of the above. The, yeah, the length of this conversation. Well, so. I mean, we were actually having a pretty amazing conversation before we hit the record button, at least yeah. the official record button. Yeah. Uh, apart from the surveillance capitalism, we were just digesting, which happens to be all around us. Yeah, we're we're, we're doing it very will, willingly right now, now on purpose. Yeah, in fact, yeah. So there's a lot that we could talk about. We've already heard a little bit. I have already heard a little bit about Ireland, about some recent tours. I mean, in the last year and a half, you've been out with Lauren Daigle, Andrew mm-hmm. Peterson, yeah. our new friend Stephen Day. Yeah. You've obviously got this brand new tour coming up with, don't let me get this wrong, Corey Wong. Corey Wong, opening for him. And I saw the very conversion van that's going to be traversing <laughs> across this country soon. Right, right. So we could talk about that. We could talk about, you've now stood on stage at, at the Opry, not just as a musician, but as an artist. Yeah. You described it as one of the best days ever that you'll never forget. Yes. I mean, there's probably a lot of girls out there who want to hear about your dating life. There's all kinds of things <laughs> we could talk about, Scott. But I'm curious. Now that you've been in Nashville for what, eight years, nine years? Actually nine. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. What really jumps out at you? Like if you had to pull out one thing, maybe that is most different about you, that you're most grateful for. I mean, anytime you make a big move for you is Texas to Tennessee. Right. Right? Right. What part of Texas? Houston's where I grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Houston, Dallas, That's how we met our mutual friends outside of Houston. Or Dallas. Or Dallas. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. That's Years right. Ago. That's cool, Weird. actually. I think we did a, a, an extensive summer tour in 2013 that brought us to your kind of home community. Yeah. This is a church I Capel. was in Capel, Capel Texas, yeah, yeah near Dallas. That's it. Yeah. And he's like, do you know about this Scott Mulvihill? I said, I, I don't know who that is. And the next thing you know, we're hanging out. Yeah. I mean, and, and then I would say it was like another couple of years before we really we were like yeah. friends, you know, yeah. yeah. And which is like how we night together once, I mean, with friends <laughs> and a lot of candy and a lot of really good scotch candy and, and other things, no yeah. trick or treating. Yeah. 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 So, okay. There's a lot we could talk about, but if you think about the last nine years, it's a huge chunk of time. We're yeah. also at the beginning of a new decade. So you can right. almost say the, the, the 2010s or 20 teens, whatever we're going to call that. How do you best capture that season in your life? Man, you know, it's, well, one, it's impossible, but you you kind of like do the best you can. So I spent New Year's Eve in Ireland 
on a, an island called the Aran Islands. One of, there's a little chain called the Aran Islands, and this was, I think, the biggest one called Ennismore. And so, yeah, of course. Um, so I went there on New Year's Eve. You like take a ferry over to the island. I rented a bike, and I'm like riding around among the stone walls and sheeps, and Dang. and I went to this fort called Dun Angus. Dun Angus uh, is this ancient like 4,000 year old fort. Okay. And kind of makes a ring. It's up against this cliff. And so it being January, there are some other tourists, but I pretty much had the place to myself for like a long time. And, and I, I remember like, you know, trying to just reflect as best you can, you know, but it's, it's in, you're so limited to like, I can't even remember everything. And I wish, Mm -hmm. I was so wish I could, you know, like, like just, Every moment of every notable thing. You keep a journal or anything like that? I do. I do keep journals. But yeah. okay, here's a question. If you keep a journal, how often do you go back and read your journal? It's eh, a great question. I've never like, done it once. Well, nope. Every sometimes, now and then. Every now and yeah. then. Like, yeah. But even that, it's like, it's Limited. like it's there, but like how... And you're probably going to want to burn it before exactly. anybody actually gets their hands That's on it. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. If I read my journal, it's usually like, oh yeah, there was that. And then I turn the next page and I was like... I hate myself. Oh, you know, man. like <laughs> I'm like ripping out pages yeah, at exactly. that point. Oh. It's so bad. And so I was on this cliff top, and when I say cliff top, it's like this this ring fort goes around and and it is like this sheer drop. And there's this a pretty awesome, like large rectangular stone there, a rock that's seems part of the cliff, but it's part of a fort too. So I don't know if it was like was that built into something that right. at some point fell into the sea? I don't know. Anyway, it's like this rectangular stone thing that that you can, I mean, I would say it's like two feet or three feet high. So like you can climb up onto it. And yeah. so on the edge, like right on the edge, I heard the tradition is to get on your belly and like crawl over. And, and, and so I'm like <laughs> on the edge of this cliff, like peeking over. But Scott, they can't hear you. They can't hear you. Oh, 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 yeah. And so, um, so I'm on the edge of the cliff peeking over. <laughs> I'll do this. You just, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, and so you look down and you're like, it's, it actually, what's weird about it is you can't not imagine yourself falling. Like it's impossible. <laughs> like, and, and, and I was talking to my dad about this and, and neither of us have a death wish, you know, uh-huh. but it was like, but he's like, yeah, you just, when you're on a height like that, it's like, you like, there's, you almost want to jump or something. Crazy, yeah. And it's like this, it's this psychological thing. Like, I think you have to imagine it so that you don't do it. Like, like it's like protection, you know, like. Is this certain personalities? Is this, is this a I male kind of inclination? No, What's going on I here? have no idea. I don't know. But I'm sitting there and, and like, and there's this part that jutted out. So there's the rock and then there's like <laughs> basically this little plank, you know, yeah. like that goes over the edge. Um, beckoning you, right? Well, and I was like. I kind of had the courage to like sort of crawl out, but I couldn't get my whole body on that. Like it was so terrifying. And I took some good pictures over the edge and stuff, but like there was something about that day and like being alone, I was traveling alone. So Mm. I was, I was just out there and, and kind of writing in my journal that earlier that day, I'd like kind of made a list of what I was doing in 2019 I mean, sorry, 2009, mm-hmm. you know, December 31st, here were the conditions of my life and here's today. And mm-hmm. and just trying to take stock because when I think of how many things that, not just stuff that's happened, but things that I asked for that I received, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. 
That's pretty staggering. And so it's like, wow, like the, and, and I don't mean that like I made every plan that happened, but it's just like the big picture stuff. Like I'd love to go play music and that for that to be my life. And like, I'd love to play with other bands and then I'd love to sing and do my own music. And, and yeah. those broad scale like, hopes and dreams are hopes happening. and dreams are happening, you know, yeah. and and so I I just was trying to sit in that for a while, and 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 because I feel like if you, at least when I'm on the edge of a cliff, literal cliff, like I'm like screaming over the edge, and like you know, just for you, ha like there's like a freedom that you're feeling because you're just you're looking at like one the most stunning sights of this island mm -hmm. and then knowing that you were in a place where like people lived for you know thousands, thousands of years ago yeah. and yeah. and it's like like just trying to let go of the little petty stuff of the yeah, man. the the stuff that occupies my mind sometimes and and trying to remember the year and and like just praying and thanking god and Man, that was, so that's how I did New Year's, which <laughs> which was awesome. And I and I was staying with these friends in Galway, a friend of a friend, and they had a party that night that was really fun, and just got to actually hang with Irish people that meet a bunch of people and talk to them, which is really fun for an American. You know, it's like you're meeting your analogs, like like you're so much like me, but also you have this whole other experience yeah. growing up. It's cool. And you said you're about 50% Irish, right? Yeah, like yeah. by blood, but yeah. yeah, it's not like my family has ties to Ireland in any yeah. way. Yeah. How many generations back though, you think? Mm. About three or four? More than that. Oh, wow. Because my- Like when did they come to America? I don't know. Yeah. Well, well I know when my dad's great-grandfather, so that would be my great-great-grandfather, came to the U.S. from Canada. So yeah. somebody must have, and either his parents or grandparents, I don't know. Like, yeah. it kind of loses the trail there. So It's cool to think about, though. And it's like those moments where you just feel small, you know, but your heart yeah. is kind of swelling with gratitude, yeah. you know? Sometimes yeah. we think, ah, oh, you know, that's not good for the self-esteem to feel small, to be humbled. But actually, it's the I best I think those thing things ever. go together. They like, do. That's not a coincidence. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. I mean, you're like, I'm this big. Yeah. And, and that's that's awesome. A lot it, of reporters used to ask Neil Armstrong, you know, what was it like being on the moon, looking back at planet Earth? Did you feel big? You know, and that is a tempting thought, I'm sure, you know, from the perspective of a, of a reporter, what was that like, you know? But he said, no, like I would sit there looking back at planet Earth, blue and, and green, home, and I would cover one eye and I could, I could actually cover all of planet earth with my thumb. And in that moment, I didn't feel big. I felt small. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm thinking about my first time in, in the North Georgia mountains. I grew up in Atlanta. Mm. As soon as you get out of the concrete jungle and the technology and the, just the pace of a city. Right. And you're sort of struck, you know, by the beauty of creation. Again, you feel small. Right. In the best possible way. It's also cool to think that that can happen for somebody who in the last nine years has been pursuing a dream very much, you know, rooted in prayer and rooted in, you know, an authentic desire to, to cultivate a gift, right? You know, you're not just chasing after fame. Right. If fame, come, fame comes your way, great. You know, let it chase you, but don't chase it, right? Yeah. There's got to be a similar experience there of being of humbled and, and grateful for all that's unfolded up until this point, you know? Yeah. Ten absolutely. years is a lot to, to reflect on. It is. Yeah. And, and I mean, 
I think too, it's like kind of the more, you know, the more you don't know. Totally. You know, it's like the more, or the more that you're aware that you don't know. Yeah. And it's, here's a big truth of like the last year or two for me actually, which is, it's counterintuitive. It's, but it's like, maybe it makes sense in a way because Mm. like the things I had to fight earlier on were Mm. like, am I skilled enough to do what I want to do? Like, I don't know how to play this instrument yet. Like I'm like, you know, do I know how to do it? Much less sing while doing those crazy riffs you're constantly doing. Well, I mean, I, you know, and I'm, I hope my skills get better all the time, but, but like, I'm, you know, I've been playing the bass for 17 years now. So like I have a, you know, I can play the instrument, but like, like singing too, like I didn't know how to sing until I was, I didn't try until I was like 18 or something. So like when I was a younger person, I was like just the basics. And then things like resources, like, which are still constrained, but like, like, how do I pay for an album? Like, you know, now I have a little more of a, it's not like I'm loaded, but it's like, I can figure it out. And you're not kickstarting every project from this point forward. Well, and you know, who knows? I I don't know, but like that, but it's, but it's just, you know, there's, there's more resources at my disposal. So there's, and then like listeners, like, of course, er, okay. Anything I'm going to say in this part of the conversation is relative. There are people with like, of course, you know, and I'm a small artist, like in the, at the end of the day, and that's great. But like, you know, nobody used to listen to my music. One, it didn't exist to listen to. And then, then at the start, it's like, I just, how do people find out about you? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's always a hard problem to solve. Like, how mm-hmm. do you actually get people listening? And then, mm-hmm. so I have more skills, more resources, more fans, more listeners. Yeah. And, and those were the things I was up against at that time. But at that time, I also had like no fear. Mm. You know, like, yeah. And, and it's, or not, I wouldn't say no, but fear, but like, nothing like, to lose. Nothing to lose. Yeah. yeah. And so like these things start to happen and I'm st- still a baby artist, honestly. Like I'm not famous or big by any, by any metric. Like, yeah, honestly, you know, that's. But let's put it in perspective. Thanks to my mother, I've got about 10,000 Spotify streams of, of a song I wrote called Founts of Love. Sick. You've got about half a million streams of most of your songs. And let's Sick. throw it out to like Kanye, who's got. I don't know, billions. tens of millions, you know? Yeah, pro- probably He's 20 got, million monthly listeners, which means billions. Billions is, of yeah, streams, individual yeah. streams. Oh, yeah. It's all perspective, huh? It is. I'll be back in just a moment with Scott Mulvihill. All right, y'all. I, I know that it would be very easy to slip into fear, despair, anxiety in the midst of this crisis. And I think many of us have already flirted with you know, anxiety and despair in the midst of this crisis. But it's time to reclaim hope. It really is time to remember what matters most in life. And and the answer is always and everywhere, God, right? Like in the midst of this crisis, how many of us are doubling down in our lives of prayer? How many of us are, you know, reaching out to people who need a, a profound sense of unconditional love? And that's something that, ultimately is only available from God himself and something that, you know, I 
have built my life around and that the people I love and respect the most have built their life around. And many of you know this, but I, I travel the country and really travel the world. Thanks be to God, not not lately. <laughs> I have not been out of the country since August. And that's a good thing given the moment that we're living in. And I remember a few weeks ago and the biggest crisis on my hands was having to cancel a pilgrimage that I was leading to Rome. That now feels like, you know, nothing compared to everything else that's been going on. And so the reality is I, I kept asking myself, every day for the last week, what can I do to respond to this crisis? What's the part I can play to be a a beacon of hope? So, you know, since I can't be on the road, since I can't be with so many of you in person out there, I've decided to host a mission, a three-night mission online. That's going to be live streamed from the Love Good Studio March 25th through 27th. That's that's this week, okay? Depending on when you're listening to this episode, that could very well already begun. And it doesn't matter if you come in late, you can catch all of these live streams after the fact as well. All you gotta do is go to letbeautyspeak.com, but get signed up now so that you get the email reminder so that you get the hidden link that you're not gonna have access to otherwise. And over these three nights, I'm gonna be sharing stories and original songs. And I hope more than anything, filling your heart with great hope in the midst of this crisis that you are not alone and that you are in a way beyond your wildest imagination, loved, protected, and cared for. Again, it's going to be a real opportunity to come together and almost be on retreat for just a few days together. So that's going to be March 25th through 27th, 7 to 8.30 p.m. Central every night. And again, go to letbeautyspeak.com for all the details. I mean, you know, like, so, yeah, so, again, this isn't, like, a conversation of, like, man, I'm a huge star now, It's, <laughs> it, but it's, but it is, like, the gains there, it's, like, I was thinking about this the other day, it's, like, I have all, I have way more at my disposal, mm-hmm. I'm in a better position, I'm better at what I do than I was, like, like, how, how, like, I, I couldn't dare lose my, like, will and courage to do it now you know like totally it makes no sense you know but but i think there's the there's the wear and tear of like traveling constantly like i played 150 shows in the year between between when himalayas my last album came out and the year anniversary so so i might travel 150 days a year but i'm often in the same place for three or five days at a time yeah i I can't imagine 150 nights in different places different venues and those are just the shows so you add travel to and from like yeah and it's more than that as far as days you're gone but how do artists deal with that homelessness (laughs) you know i mean that's a significant portion of your year home here you know so i have a community I have those things, but it is hard to feel tapped in, you know? Yeah. And so it's, that is, that might be the hardest part of the whole mm-hmm. thing. And so I think it's that. And then like, and even just like this much to lose, yeah. it's like you, you're, you start to like fear or, or yeah, live or a little fear bit like, more like, fear. am I, am, am I doing it right? Like, do, are people going to like what I do next? Like, yeah. Is it going to be successful? Like, like, boy, it would be great to keep moving up the chain and like, or even like have a hit or like, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. these things that are like, I think possible, but, yeah. but you don't, you can't always just make it happen. It's yeah, like, it has to it. like, yeah. it has to happen. And That's I right. think it has the result of you improving all the time mm-hmm. and, and like making some compelling music you know yeah. and and then but then even that it's like 
Yeah. It's not a guarantee that it'll be a big hit. It's just like, yeah. But I think, you know, so, so for me, it's kind of like at this point, I was, I'm, I'm actually taking like all of February off because mm. I need to be home for, I, I can probably say in the last like eight years, I don't think I've had a, like a month in town and like a month rolls by and like, the next yeah. month starts and I've like been in town the whole time, you it's know, crazy, like yeah. definitely not a month. I, mm-hmm. I don't think <laughs> even two weeks is a week is rare. Two weeks is really rare. Yeah. Like, I think I had one two week stretch in 2019. You must be able to say though, that you're, you're built for it to a certain extent. You can't yeah. sustain that, you know, without, if I didn't love it. Love yeah. It, I, love, you know? I really love it. Like yeah. it's great. So I think the, the, the fears that creep in that I have to fight are like things that actually it's just from knowing a little more actually like, and I know I kind of know better of like, what is the gap between me and a big artist or like, you know, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. or even feeling like I've been perceived as successful by my peers and friends and stuff and, and people that know me and like not necessarily like, I'm like, well, I don't necessarily feel that way. Like, yeah. like some people might be, and, and I've, I could tell you, I've had an amazing year. Like I've had, an, it's been like, I've had so many high moments that have been, that have been awesome and really just like dreams coming true. So, yeah. so it's not that, I don't mean that I haven't done anything, but like, but as far as like, like, man, you've been having this crazy year of like, I'm like, yeah, but I'm still, I'm struggling mm-hmm. this way, this way, this way, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, mm-hmm. and so you don't necessarily want to lay all that out yeah. in, in, in a casual conversation, but it's, yeah, I think those things contribute to, to where it like adds up to like, man, I, I have to not take my resolve and will for it for granted, but rather like, mm-hmm. like kind of give myself the conditions to feel really inspired and and, yeah. and actually the word I've been coming up with lately is like unified like like where my artistic like what I want to do with the music what I want to create and like what I want to say and my how I view the world and like my like the timetable for creating it releasing it touring it like all those things need to line up mm-hmm. and and be like so I can move in one direction as a unified yeah man entity person you know integrity of life is part of that too you know yeah. where you don't yeah. feel like you're constantly sort of having to shift gears right you know to to meet the need or the demand i mean i think even in my own journey the last five ten years it's like oh i, I used to say yes to everything right get my my hands dirty with anything that came my way yeah at a certain point, like you do have to hone in and say well, actually you know this is the one thing that only i can do with my life yeah, and that, so I that's need true to, artistically too. Yeah, I need to stay on that road because, yeah. or at least like the next evolution of that yeah. thing. Because it affects six to 12 months from now more than it affects six weeks from now. Of course. Meaning it, it probably involves a lot of those, okay, I'm going to stay home for all of February kind of disciplines so that, you know, come June, right. come next September, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. where I need to be, you know? Interesting. Like if I take a little time off, it's not going to throw everything. Yeah. Tempting thought. Yeah, like I have to keep that in mind where it's like, yeah, because we've actually paused a lot of plans for this year, Mm. like with my team and stuff, which is in to my manager, James's credit, he was like, great. You know, he was like, he was like, 
take what you need, do what you need. You know, he was super understanding. And yeah, it was, just, it was just like, like I've been working on new music. Say uh, I love you. Say it's, I love you. Yeah, it's a yeah. single. Yeah, that's a single that I put out. People have been listening to it. They're like, it's, it's different from Himalayas. But it is good. That's been like the, the <laughs> consistent feedback. Yeah. And I remember when you played it for me, I don't know, three or four months ago, we went out for lunch and got to hear some of them in my car. And I think you were pretty much done, mastered and, and ready to go. But maybe you hadn't set a release date yet. And you're like, yeah, this is going to be a little different. Like your next two EPs, it sounds like, right. could almost feel like different genres. Yeah. Which I love because that's part of what I think a lot of artists get stuck in is they think, all right, I've now got my fan base. This is what they expect. This is what I have to keep doing. And as much as I didn't right. love Mumford's third album, you know, I respected the fact that they completely reinvented themselves artistically yeah. and probably have been able to keep their hearts in the game. That's because the thing. Of it, it's like, you know, and, and, you know, they're on a whole different plane of like, right. you know, what, what people expected them. Like, and there's like a public that expects a thing yeah, from that. Right. You know, that's a big, yeah. that, that is a big responsibility. That's just like half a million people who expect things of you. It's okay. No, yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not that many. Oh. <laughs> Streams on Spotify. Uh, no, I don't know. But it's, it's like. You still feel that, don't you? That I think, need to I be authentic the need to and like artful. And explore a little bit. And, and I honestly, as we're talking, I still haven't quite decided what to do with that EP and this other one I created cool, yeah. in October that I'm finishing up too. So it's like, I kind of have a bunch of music that I've made and I, it's not that I don't want to do anything with it. I'm kind of, but it's that unified thing. It's totally, like, totally, man. Like, it's like, it, cause you're right. It does affect what the next entire year looks like. How, mm. And so, it's Say I Love You and the songs that went with it are like pretty artsy in terms of arrangement. And so I wonder if there are like little vignettes that just kind of get drops like yeah. throughout the year, like here's something wild. I you love know? that, man. And maybe that's fine. You yeah. know, like it's just sort of between like palate cleansers almost. Like man, here's here's an totally. in interesting thing that like I made and I love and I hope you love it. You know, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's not like a full... I don't know. It, it, I have performed. So these songs have like strings and horns on them mm -hmm. and Say I Love You has strings on it. And then the other ones have horns and, and they're beautiful arrangements by my friend, Maestro Lightford. And so these horn songs, they're so weird. They're like, they're quirky and cool. And and one of them almost has like a big band kind of yeah. vibe. And then the other, the other one's like, it's like me bass and singing and like bassoon, oboe, clarinet, flute. And it's mm -hmm. like, the cool thing about it and is like that just doesn't exist really. Yeah. Like like a song that's like a songwriter song with that instrumentation, like I would be so surprised if that exists already. You know, so it's like fun to think of like Yeah. Like we'll create something that really just hasn't happened before. Do you know um, do you know else doesn't really exist, Scott? Is singer songwriters who lead with an upright bass? We're rare. They they are out there. There's, there's a few. more? There's a few. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few. There's yeah. I mean, I think I'd do it pretty different than like an Esperanza Spalding or somebody like yeah. that who's a genius and and she's incredible. But but I think this she's is more what, on the jazz side yeah. of things, broadly speaking. But. I love it, and this is what the world looks in it at the life of an artist and and has to stand in awe of because to be authentic, to be unified, to have that integrity, you know, of life, you bring something to the table that all of us long for, even if we're not artists. You know, there's this desire in every human heart to bring some unique and unrepeatable legacy to the world, you know? 
Yeah. It happens very artistically for someone like you, you know, but, but literally there is beauty that comes into the world when each an individual person on planet earth says yes. And like to, lives the life that that's- Only they can live. Right. That's right. really empowering and really yeah. exciting. And that's what inspires me looking in at you. I think, okay, if Scott can, can do this, if he can play the Opry, if he can- be a singer-songwriter who leads from an upright bass. If he can, you know, sell out the city winery multiple nights in a row. I mean, it's not even about those obvious objective commercial successes, which for you still feel like nothing compared to, you know, the, the, the hopes and the dreams or what you see out there. But the reality is those are important moments for all of us to say, what is it that only I can do? What is it that is utterly unique about my life? And what beauty can even come out of my brokenness? Yeah. And then suddenly you're living... And that fearlessness that we all long for, you know? Yeah. And and man, it's like, it's like, why is it so hard? Because when you think about it, when you have that discussion of mm-hmm. like, yeah, I want to be fearless. Like I want to pursue what I just want to pursue, you know? And like yeah. what I think is valuable. And, and I, you know, for some people and for some myself, sometimes it's like, okay, what is worthwhile? Like finding that can be hard mm-hmm. as far as like, what do I really have to say or do that would be yeah. valuable? Like, and as far as music, like it took me a while to find the sound that I'm doing now, you know, like yeah. there's a whole process, but then like, if you know what you want to say, I think, I think the thing that keeps you from, keeps me from giving it a hundred million percent is like, like fear of other people, basically. Mm. It, it's like, that's the, it's like, what will people think and sure. what will people Will will somebody out there not like me? Yeah, and maybe that's just my personality. I don't no, know. That's but, every person. But that's like me. Like, oh, that's that's where it's like, oh, I'm like, why am I more worried about the one? Yeah, man. Person oh, that wouldn't man. like me, then I would. Then I'm worried to like not serve. Yeah. The thousands of people that would like get and appreciate and really like gain from what I yeah. do. You know, it's we like- We all get paralyzed by the one. It's the so one who weird. hates us. The yeah. one who doesn't like yeah, us. It's the like, one who, you know, suspects of us something yeah. less than what yeah. is authentic and real. Terrible. And, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think that's right at the heart of of, of, the, of the human experience. And I pulled a, a card out of a out of a hat right around New Year's, Christmas. And it was like some virtue to work on. And mine was gentleness. Fine. Okay. Gentleness <laughs> it is, you know, but I know there's a part of me that needs to be more courageous as well. You yeah. know, that needs to, to step out of, of what's comfortable. Cause that's the only way to grow. I need to be willing to fraternally correct people that I love that I'm in relationship with. And I want them to fraternally correct me and to be strong enough to take it, you know, right. and to change, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, honestly, like, and I'm not just saying this cause I'm sitting in your office here but like I think you and love good and what you've done here is like it's really great because it's creating this space for not just you but like people that are aligned with your worldview and mm-hmm. like like to be put forward you know so it's like it's cool like it, I I think it's bold I and and you know so I hopefully people that are into what you're putting out and like I, I would like to think that they're that's what they're getting out of it. It's like yeah. people that are trying to be an authentic like voice in the world. And, yeah, you yeah. Know, and so yeah, yeah. I think I, it's it's always bold if you're going to mm-hmm. do that, and and it's like even to do it like ten percent of the time is hard and bold. You that's know, a good it's, point. Yeah, it's like. I have a friend and a mentor who's 60 and he's the uh, president and CEO of a, of a pretty major organization. 
actually in the church. And he's like, he takes me out for lunch every few months. He's like, Jimmy, I'm just not done being bold yet. We have the same birthday. That's awesome. Shout out to Randy Rouse, one of my <laughs> heroes, awesome. you know? But it's like, <laughs> man, awesome. I'm 34 and I don't want to be done being bold no. yet. I don't want to hang my hat on anything yet. Right, you know? of course, of course. And I'm sure you feel that, again, artistically, but even personally, totally. you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm curious, before we hopped into the studio, we were talking about, gosh, this reality of maybe a technocratic society, if we can call it that, this sort yeah. of, yeah. I don't know if you want to call it a dictatorship of technology, that might be too brash you know, or harsh, but I think the reality is there's definitely an addict, a, an addiction yeah. that has taken over on sort of a cultural yeah. level. Here's what I'd like to propose. I say, we bring you back on next week. Okay. We land the plane in this conversation and we dig into technology and especially this, this growing surveillance capitalism, this yeah. growing addiction to our screens that, right. you know, I think we're all trying to navigate, especially as artists and entrepreneurs, but that we also you know, want a healthy detachment from as well, you know? Yeah. So, well, uh, and yeah, it's like, does the good outweigh the bad? And I think the verdict's out, you know, it's like, yeah, it's not obvious that it's good for us. Yeah. It's like certain things, it's really obvious that it's bad for us. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, so I'm going to be bold and I'm going to ask you on to the show next week. Let's do it. Which means we're going to sit here and we're going to keep talking. Okay. And then we're going to, we're going to turn this into a two-part two episode. Is that cool? Yeah. Great. All right, everybody. We'll be back with Scott next week. Scott, it's been a pleasure. You're awesome, dude. As are you. Peace. Look how broken this place is. It takes everything it gives and leaves us disappointed. It's hard enough to be alive. Then one day we say goodbye. There's only time for one short ride. So say it like you mean it Say it till it's true Every chance we get we need To say I love you Y'all, please be assured of my prayers, of the uh, prayers of our, our Love Good team and our apprentices. We're just so very aware that this is an incredibly trying time for so many of us. And, you know, with that comes incredible opportunity. There's never been a moment in human history where crisis didn't give birth to great saints. And so wherever you find yourself, whether it's anxiety, fear, isolation, loneliness, a profound sense of uncertainty, whatever it is, just know that you're not alone. And that out of this, out of this crisis, out of the ashes of the coronavirus, we'll, we'll one day be able to see all the good that came forth. But it begins now by really reclaiming that hope that we all long for. So again, thanks so much for tuning in to the first part of this conversation with Scott Mulvihill. Don't forget to go to letbeautyspeak.com to claim your spot in this week's live streamed mission. It's going to be a really, really exciting opportunity for all of us to just pray and to be together and again to in encounter the, the, the beauty of God's love for us, even in the midst 
of this really dark moment in human history. And actually, for those of you who are out there still contesting, that is something we decided to not shut down because you know what? All of us just need a little taste of normalcy in our lives right now. But there are 115 of you, maybe 116 as of the recording of this episode, that are out there competing for free trips to Nashville and, uh, you know, free private house concerts, which probably feel a little bit ridiculous right now because it feels like every flight known to man has been canceled. Don't worry. We're going to fulfill those promises and those rewards whenever we're able. So keep chasing after the new patrons if you're one of our contestants out there. But know that all you got to do is round up one new patron and you're getting that brand new vinyl record from Scott Mulvihill. If you round up five new patrons, you're getting a very beautiful, very hipster vintage record player. And so it just seems like right now, while we're all kind of holed up, it's an amazing opportunity to hop on social media, shoot some texts, make some phone calls, host your own live stream for that matter, and convince your family and friends to become Love Good patrons, to invest in the arts, to believe in the power of beauty, to transform the world, and also to, to heal our hearts in the midst of this difficult time that we're all going through. So all that to say, if you're not yet aware, go to lovegoodcontest.com because you have a very limited number of days, like less than a week at this point until this contest comes to an end. And we're just so excited about all the good things that have come of it so far. You guys are amazing. Cannot wait to sit down with Scott Mulvihill yet again next week to continue the conversation. And again, be assured of our prayers in the meantime. We'll see you next week. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.